You're listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a resource to equip the church to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the More and Better Disciples podcast. I'm your host, Keith Caps, here with Phil Kramer, lead pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How's it going, Phil? Man, Keith, I'm having a great week. How about you, brother? Man, it has been great, uh, but I tell you what, I'm a little confused on uh, what season it is right now. Uh, in typical Arkansas fashion, we get all four within the same week sometimes. So Yeah, I'm still waiting to know what I'm supposed to wear tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, our friends, the meteorologists, try their best, but sometimes they're not much help. Uh, so, uh, you know, the thing that I appreciate about Arkansas, Phil, is that you don't get bored um, with the weather. So you just, if you don't like it, just wait around a day or two, and it is going to change. So you got that right. All the way from tornadoes to snow. Uh, well, so. you know, at least you have variety. Where I grew up in Florida, it's just hot. That's right. And I hear that uh, if it does get cold in Florida, you guys have falling iguana warnings. That's right. Yeah, there's some places in South Florida, if it gets close to freezing, the iguanas that, that live in the trees, they just kind of freeze up and fall out of the trees. That seems like a nightmare. Uh, one that, well, it's better than falling razorbacks. That, oh, yes, that is true. Although, uh, unfortunately, Arkansas fans are used to that. So, <laughs> Well, this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, our purpose statement and more disciples versus better disciples, which one is more important. So here at Crossgate, we have a purpose statement that is simply to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. And, you know, Phil, when um, when my family came back to Crossgate, um, I think in 2020, around the time that you first came here, you and I had talked back and forth a few times. I think we emailed some. And I think in one of those emails was probably the first time that I had seen this phrase, more and better disciples. I don't know if it was in your signature or something. But, you know, I the first time I ever read that, I remember being, huh, isn't that a little redundant, more and better? But the more that I heard it, and I heard it a lot, especially as we came back to Crossgate, started to make more sense, even to the point where we've adopted that now as our purpose statement. So tell us a little bit about more and better disciples and where that comes from. Well, Keith, I appreciate you asking the question, and, and, and what you observed is exactly what we want people to observe. So, you know, every organization has to have a purpose, uh, and, and it needs to be a purpose that is enculturated within that organization so that everybody knows it. You know, recently I was down in Orlando at Disney, and uh, we, we were riding around in one of these little, uh, little vans that was carrying people around, and there was an older guy that was driving the van, and of course he was hired because he, he was a talkative person. He was engaging, and, and I asked him about the four keys and Disney, of course, has their, their four keys. It's just the four kind of cultural standards. I think they added a fifth recently. But, but the bottom line is, this guy told me everything I wanted to know and then a few things I probably did not want to know about the four keys. In other words, there was something basic, concise, and, and just easily explained that even the, the rank-and-file people understood. That's culture, Right. But in order to get there, you have to actually define whatever that little statement or set of statements or whatever is in a way, you have to define it and communicate it in a way that, that everybody can internalize it, right? And, and you know that you have established culture when you begin to hear everybody re repeat it back and respond and, and just use it in their everyday language. Okay, so 
That said, uh, a few years ago, I, I developed a relationship with a pastor named David Whiting. David had been a pastor of a large church in Rochester, New York, and then he went out to uh, Portland, Oregon to be a pastor. And he was always talking about more and better disciples. And it resonated with me so much that I just began to kind of incorporate that into, into my own uh, life's ethos, you know, my, my disciple-making ethos, right? I love it uh, because it springs right out of the Great Commission. You know, I, I, was, I was saved in, a, in an evangelistic, what I would call a Great Commission church, where Matthew 28, 18 through 20, was really the heartbeat of what we did, right? And of course, uh, Matthew 8, uh, excuse me, 28, 19, 18, well, really 18 through 20, those are Jesus's last recorded words in the book of Matthew. And as your friend and mine, Robbie Gallaty, often says, his last words must become our first work. So let's just remind our listeners what Jesus said at the very end of the gospel of Matthew. Verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, another word for that is obey, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So as, as I begin to think about what our purpose statement at Crossgate Church needed to be, I knew it needed to be short and concise, it needed to capture the essence of the Great Commission, and it needed to be something communicated often. So what I did when I first came to Crossgate, I sat down with all the pastors. And this is not a ding on the pastors per se, because no one else at the church could tell me either. But I sat down with the pastors and I said, okay, how many of you can tell me what the mission statement or the purpose statement of this church is? Nobody could tell me. They kind of remembered some little key snippets from it, but it was kind of long. And, and, and people don't remember paragraphs. People remember sentences, not paragraphs. I said, okay, one of the first things we need to do if God calls me to this church is we need to get a laser focus on the Great Commission in a way that all of our people can remember and we need to communicate it effectively. And I remember Andy Stanley's book uh, just talking about creating vision and so forth. And, and he referred back to the 2016 election. Uh, of course, that's when Donald Trump got elected and, uh, and, of course, Make America Great Again became his slogan. It's interesting to note, as Andy Stanley says in the book, that uh, most presidential campaigns go through about eight to ten different little slogans until one finally sticks. In 2016, out of all the candidates, there was only one candidate who had the exact same slogan from start to finish and never changed it, and that was Donald Trump. Right, make America great again. I mean, it's it's short, it can it's concise, it gets a message across, and so as I as I kept going back to this thing that David Whiting had talked about, more and better disciples. I said, man, you can't improve upon that. I mean, that jumps right out of the Great Commission. More disciples. You are going and you are making disciples of people who are not currently disciples. So that's more, but you're also making better disciples because Jesus specifically said, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. There, there's transformation, there's obedience, there, there's following Jesus, just like we talked about in our last podcast. And so uh, from January of 2020 until October of 2020, when we actually launched this and adopted it as our official purpose statement, I was talking with the elders and praying with the elders about this, talking with the pastors, socializing this among the staff members and some other key leaders just to kind of get some, some atmospherics on it and so forth. Uh, but that, but that's, that's how the Lord just pointed us to that, and I love it because, again, it's short, it's repeatable, people can, can remember it, 
Uh, and it's something, again, using the drip method, just like our definition of a disciple, every single Sunday when Pastor Rob or whoever it is gets up and gives announcements, the very first thing they say is something along these lines. Welcome to Crossgate Church, where we make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. And so there's that drip method. And it takes about a year to a year and a half to two years to develop that culture. Because you know as well as I do when it comes to communicating and, and, and having people internalize messaging, you have to say things about a hundred times before they say, you know, I think he said that before, <laughs> right? So it just you, you have to say it to the point that you get sick of saying it, and just when you get sick of saying it, it's going to start to stick with the people. I knew that the culture was forming when, and I don't remember when it was, I think it was a year and a half ago when we did an outdoor service, and people were writing up their testimonies, right? And, and getting ready to share their testimonies. And I think three of the 11 or 12 people that got baptized all said something about more and better disciples, right? That's when you know it sticks. And so we just keep hammering away at it. The challenge, of course, is that if you put something out there, but then you come up with a different idea a year later, well, you're not, I mean, you're not giving it enough time to stick. So that's why we have stayed with this more and better disciples. And I hope that if someone comes to visit Crossgate Church based among other things, but certainly upon our messaging that they hear every single Sunday, they'll know what our priorities are at our church. Yeah, and that's so good. And the thing I love about that, Phil, is this is not a clever marketing scheme or just kind of a fad. You know, this is what the church is to be about. Um, like you said, Jesus's last words are first work. Um, and so I love that and love that we are so uh, focused on that, and but but it's kind of a two-part statement, right? It's more disciples, but also better disciples. And like you said, when we talk about more disciples, that's kind of an evangelism type emphasis of going in and getting people who are not currently following Jesus um, and giving them the gospel with the hopes that they will repent and believe. But then there's also better disciples, people who have decided to follow Christ, helping them to continue to grow. Um, so a lot of times, Phil, when I see a church, I see a church that's, you know, evangelism focused, and, and that's really their heartbeat. But then you see other churches who are more discipleship focused, they're, they're more focused on growing believers. Um, and a lot of times it's either or. Which one of those is more important? Well, that's a great question as well, Keith. And I would say both only because, you know, what I love about the Great Commission is it, is it covers all the bases. Right? And we can't approve upon the Word of God. Right? I mean, what's the question we always ask at Crossgate Church? What does the Bible say? Right? And so it takes both to truly be faithful to Jesus' commands uh, to his followers. Uh, I personally don't really like the dichotomy between evangelism and discipleship, only because as far as I'm concerned, it's all discipleship. You know, leading people to Jesus, to follow Jesus. Well, that's, that's part of discipleship, certainly part of our definition of a disciple. Uh, but as we understand it and traditionally call it discipleship in, is in terms of teaching people, uh, and, and, and it's important to note it's a teaching that leads to life transformation. It's not a teaching simply to fill our heads with more information, that informational knowledge about God, but ultimately we want to lead people into experiential knowledge of God. I will tell you because, and, and, and yes, there are certainly some churches that lean much heavily more toward evangelism, such as the church where I was saved strongly evangelistic church, but probably not the right kind of follow-up in place and systematic follow-up 
that produced better disciples. If people became better disciples, it was almost by accident in a sense. You know, just some people just grew and other people didn't. But we didn't really have a, just a, a very specific, uh, you know, process for helping people see life transformation. Uh, and then, of course, there are some churches that pride themselves on discipleship, just teaching and, and, and knowledge and information and, and, and even some of the things that do take people deeper. But there's not a, a significant outward focus. Uh, I, I personally think that in this day and age, as, as people are more and more reluctant to be evangelistic and to be witnesses and to be soul winners, as uh, Proverbs 11.30 says, most churches are going to lean heavily in the direction of discipleship, you know, in a sense of teaching and, and, and helping people to grow and so forth. And, and there's, there's not going to be this, this intentional uh, reach of people to be to be witnesses for Jesus. We're seeing this across the board, even in some of the denominations that have historically been known for personal evangelism. Southern Baptist Convention, for example. I mean, the, the numbers are going down, down, down in terms of people reaching other people and leading them to Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, I would love to point out, that's that's why I love our purpose statement. Uh, we, we make more and better disciples because it does not allow you to neglect either one. At least it doesn't for me as pastor. I'm the one that's really got to keep it in front of the folks anyway. So as I, for that matter, I, my license plate, check it out, man. The license plate on my truck, I, I went to the Arkansas DMV, and I said, I want a license plate that says M-A-B-D. Because every time, listen, this is true. Every single time I walk out to my truck and I see that license plate, that is a reminder to me that I need to be making more and better disciples for Jesus. Every time I drive onto our campus and I see our sign in front of the campus where it says, we make more and better disciples for Jesus, that's like God reminding me to say, you know, what are you doing today to make more disciples, right? Because we're always going to, we're going to default to an inward focus, right? An inward focus on our church, man, we got our, we got our classes on Wednesday night, we got some great opportunities and all these other things, but, but our church, like every church, I believe, is always going to lean more toward the internal, let's just become better at what we're doing versus truly having an outward focus. And so for me as the lead pastor, I want our people to know that I have to be challenged every single day to have that outward focus and, and, and be intentional in making more disciples, because if not, I will default to just maintaining the flock as, as it currently is. Uh, and, 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 and that's, that's critical. It is so important that, that we, that we have both. And that's why I love that purpose because it, you cannot escape that purpose. It is if, if you keep that purpose statement in front of you on a regular basis, you can't escape the fact that there's two sides to this, to this great commission coin. Sorry, I, I about started to preach there, man. <laughs> Come on, brother. Come on. No, that's so good. Um, and, uh, like you said, we, we, I feel like at Crossgate, at least, you know, we are doing a decent job um, at being intentional with better disciple opportunities. You know, I think about um, our emphasis on community and life groups, um, discipleship groups, like you said, the Wednesday night activities that we have uh, each semester. Um, so many opportunities to to learn and to grow and to go deeper in our faith. And obviously, we can always do a better job at that. Um, but you know, one of the clear things that we've identified, like you said, is being more intentional in this area of more disciples. So when you think about how we're doing as a church, you know, what are some of the things that have been important in, in leading us to be able to make more disciples? Well, let me go back to what you said, Keith, because I think, first of all, my assessment of Crossgate Church and making better disciples is that 
we have as good of a of a comprehensive program for making better disciples as good as any any church I've seen. Quite, I mean, quite honestly. Now, I don't I don't know of every church out there, but I would say we are as good as any church I've seen. In addition to life groups, in addition to D groups, which is still kind of an emerging thing, right? I mean, we have a number of our people in D groups, but not nearly enough yet. Uh, in addition to our Wednesday night activities, and when I when I look at our Wednesday night activities, yes, I see some that are geared more toward informational, which is important, right? There's a ton of biblical illiteracy out there in churches to include ours. So something as simple as an Old Testament survey or a New Testament survey is is hugely important, okay? But then I see some of our opportunities such as regeneration, or known as regen for short. I mean, a year-long discipleship uh, process that helps people penetrate that 2% of their lives. I mean, I, I have not seen a, a system as, as effective as Regen at helping people to really dive deep and, 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 and to uncover things in their lives that, 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 that almost resist you know, that transparency. Uh, Regen, in other words, if someone was to come to Crossgate Church and they truly wanted to become a growing follower of Jesus, we've got everything in place. I mean, everything in place needed for that to happen. I knew when I first came here, in fact, I took the pastors on a retreat a couple months after I came as pastor, and, and we were already talking about more and better disciples. And I said, guys, and this is before we even had regen or D groups or whatever. I said, I truly believe that Crossgate Church has, has the basic framework in place for us to really maximize making better disciples. Right? And, of course, we knew there were some other things to come later, D groups, regen, and so forth. It just wasn't in place yet. I said, we are, we are not that far off from being a church that can effectively make better disciples if people are hungry, right? If they're faithful, available, teachable, all of that. Okay? But, I, but early on, I said, I do not believe we have the basic framework right now for making more disciples. Right? So that kind of goes back to the whole thing. of We're going we're gonna to always default to an inward focus unless led otherwise. Right, that's just every every church. Okay, so so for me, the biggest challenge, the big certainly one of the biggest burdens on my heart for Crossgate Church is that we would truly become a church that is making more disciples. Right, and again, I mean, I'm not. It's not like I'm unique in this. I mean, every every pastor who's who's truly a Great Commission pastor feels this exact same burden for his church. Yeah, that's so good. And I think about you know what we're doing right now. Our Who's Your One campaign. Um, which I'm really excited about, just asking God to put at least one person on our hearts that we can intentionally be praying for, um, but then between now and Easter, you know, hopefully um, having a conversation with them, a touch point, um, at the least inviting them to church, but maybe even having a gospel conversation um, with that. You know, we've done things like uh, pray and go, where we've gone and, and prayed over neighborhoods. We've um, done a gospel conversation challenge. And and not that, you know, these are gimmicks or anything, but like you're, you're talking about being intentional in putting that in front of our people. Um, and I'm just excited about you know, what the Lord's doing and kind of where he's leading us on this path to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Well, Phil, we're almost out of time for today, but um, just a question. So obviously more disciples is important, better disciples is important. For you, how do, how do you keep both of those in perspective to make sure that you know, you're not getting out of balance when it comes to that? 
Well, that's a great question, Keith. Certainly, I keep the more and better disciples in, in, in the front of my mind, even as I said, as I see my license plate, it reminds me that there's two sides to that coin. Uh, for me, I've got, I'm leading two D groups, uh, it, one that's really a part of my life group and another one for high school boys, uh, in addition to, you know, being, being a leader in a life group. Uh, you know, d- going through Regen myself this past year was great. Uh, so that keeping those touch points there, but then at the same time, uh, asking the Lord to keep me active in, in always being ready to be a witness for Jesus, right? And I will tell you, my pastor, a guy named Guy Sanders, who led me to Christ and modeled that outward focus, that intentionality. I, he's, he's, uh, he's almost 80 years old now and, and dealing with a little early uh, dementia, had a chance to meet with him uh, over the course of Thanksgiving down in Florida. And, and I just, I told him, I said, I said, I said, brother guy, of course, we call him brother guy. I said, brother guy, I want to tell you that your witness in my life over 30 years ago and your example as a pastor who, who was just tirelessly sharing Jesus with people, I said, I've never been able to get that witness out of my heart. And, and I, I, I hope that I am modeling it just even to a fraction as well as you did uh, years ago. But there, I actually just saw... I got to tell you about this offline, Keith, but I just saw an email uh, thing that went out from Ken Witten, pastor down at Idlewild Baptist Church in uh, outside of Tampa in Florida, and just one of the great evangelistic pastors of our day, uh, who actually was on staff at Bellevue Baptist Church with Adrian Rogers back in the 1980s, so I know that's where he got it from. But he, he put some things out in that little email. It's just a challenge. I, I felt like I had, I had received a message from a higher plane in terms of where that guy is at, right? So we always have to surround ourselves with people who are uh, more more active and effective than we are, because that, that's where you get the encouragement and the challenge. Yeah, definitely have to be intentional in making that a priority in our lives. Well, we are out of time for today. Phil, thank you so much for this time together. It was awesome, and I'm looking forward to future episodes on the More and Better Disciples podcast. Me too, man. This is this is great. We could talk about this stuff all day long, Keith, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so glad you're part of our team, dude. You, your heartbeat is for discipleship and along these lines. And so, man, I just, I know you are running with this football and, uh, and, and, and going for it. So appreciate you, brother. And I look forward to the next episode. Hey, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.